Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I've got an exciting episode on phenofibrate today. Uh, before I get into that, make sure you go get your top 200 study guide, 31-page PDF, absolutely free at reallifepharmacology.com. Simply an email uh, will get you access to that. Great no-brainer if you're out in practice or if you're taking pharmacology classes, uh, definitely a lot of clinical pearls and a lot of things that uh, show up in practice as well as on board exams. So again, you can get that at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, phenofibrate, the drug of the day today. Uh, there's numerous brand names of this medication, uh, Tricor, Fibrocor, Trilopex, Triglide, um, lots of lots of different brand names and, and even a few more. So um, with that said, what is this medication used for? Uh, the number one use and probably the only use uh, I can think of or that I've, I comes to the, t the top of my head uh, is elevated triglycerides, so hypertriglyceridemia. Mechanistically, this medication is what's called a PPAR-alpha agonist, which reduces apoprotein C, uh, which ultimately inhibits lipoprotein lipase. Now, this all results uh, in basically increased breakdown of cholesterol, uh, such as VLDL, uh, and elimination of triglyceride-rich particles. So that's definitely kind of a, a mouthful um, with the uh, mechanism of action. Um, on pharmacology exams, historically, um, if you remember that it's a PPAR alpha agonist, usually that uh, does enough to, to get you by and be able to answer the question. So... Uh, dosing wise, there are multiple dosage forms, which I mentioned. Uh, so naturally those dosages are going to range. Uh, there's dosage forms, uh, anywhere down to 30 milligrams up to 200 milligrams going to be dosed once a day. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a phenofibrate product dose twice a day. Obviously that's going to help adherence and things of that, that nature. Uh, there are are a couple of terms I wanted to differentiate. Uh, so there, there are micronized formulations and non-micronized formulations. Uh, and basically a micronized formulation, uh, to kind of briefly sum it up, is it helps improve absorption of the drug. So essentially you can get, um, you can get by with lower dosages because you um, or, or a lower dose gives you more bang for your buck uh, if you've got a micronized uh, formulation there. So again, increased absorption uh, is primarily what you can think of when you hear of micronized uh, formulation. Uh, let's get into uh, triglycerides a little bit. So um, differentiating categories, so patients with kind of mild to moderate hypertriglyceridemia, uh, tend to be in the uh, 150 to 499 uh, on lab values. Patients in the 500 to 1,000 uh, levels of triglycerides, those are the patients that you're probably most likely to see on a phenofibrate type product. Um, with the advent of other agents, uh, so if a patient has ASCVD, uh, we're going to likely use another agent for lowering triglycerides. If a patient is low risk for ASCVD, uh, that's probably the patient, again, in that range of 500 to 1,000 
um, uh, with triglycerides, that's probably the patient that we're going to target for use of phenofibrate or another fibrate uh, derivative. I've, I went over gemfibrozole in a, a previous podcast as well. Uh, what's the deal with elevated triglycerides um, in the event that they don't, you know, maybe contribute to ASCVD or what risk in addition maybe to uh, ASCVD uh, do triglycerides present? And that is pancreatitis. That's definitely something that uh, I've seen come up on board exams, pharmacology exams, physiology exams. Uh, high elevations in triglycerides. Usually it's, you know, 800, 900, 1,000 plus. Uh, but the higher the triglycerides go, the greater it increases the risk for pancreatitis. Uh, if you also remember, patients uh, with alcoholism is a big risk factor for that as well. Uh, so that kind of dual combination of elevated triglycerides uh, and a history of uh, significant alcohol use uh, can increase that risk for pancreatitis significantly. So uh, long story short, that's why uh, sometimes we use phenofibrate derivatives to manage hypertriglyceridemia and get that down to potentially reduce that risk. Uh, brief mention on um, creatinine clearance. Uh, so uh, EGFR, creatinine clearance, less than 30 mils per minute. These medications should not be used. Uh, also recommended to avoid insignificant hepatic impairment. Uh, patients also with gallstones are probably going to want to avoid the, the use of this medication. Uh, elevations in CPK, uh, myopathy going on. It's probably not a good patient to start this medication either. With that, leading into adverse drug reactions, um, probably the most common thing I've, I've seen reported is elevations in uh, liver function tests. So that's definitely something to pay attention to with this medication. Obviously, that can be increased uh, by the use of other medications or the use of alcohol. Uh, other things that you may see, um, not crazy common, but you know, GI upset, um, myopathy, and that's uh, generally worse with gemfibrozole, but phenofibrate it has been associated with as well. Obviously, patients who are taking statins in combination with phenofibrate, that risk can, can go up as well. Uh, that gallstone history I mentioned, uh, rarely hypersensitivity uh, can happen. Um, elevations in creatinine have been reported as well. Uh, but I would say the uh, elevations in liver function is probably uh, significantly more likely than elevations in creatinine with the use of phenofibrate. Uh, let's talk administration a little bit. Um, usually for most of the dosage forms, it doesn't matter whether you give it with or without food or it's not particular to that. Uh, phenoglide, uh, lipofen, those are two that are recommended to be given with meals. So might want to just double check the dosage form that's being used um, and making sure that we're administering it uh, correctly uh, if you can't memorize those, which honestly I don't have I don't have them memorized either. I've got to look look that up when I've got somebody uh, on phenofibrate. Uh, kinetics wise, uh, phenofibrate is a weak CYP2C9 inhibitor. So I think that's an important thing to note. Uh, and I'll allude to that when I talk about drug interactions a little bit. Uh, and then last, uh, before we take a quick break here, uh, I want to talk about monitoring parameters. 
So in a patient that's reporting myopathy, and maybe they've got other risk factors like being on a statin, for example, um, you could potentially check a CPK uh, to make sure that we're not progressing or increasing the risk of rhabdomyolysis. Uh, those LFTs are going to be monitored, certainly, uh, and then renal function may be monitored periodically as well. Now, most often with renal function, we've got patients that are um, taking an agent like this. They're usually on other medications. Um, that renal function monitoring is recommended, um, so usually that's not an issue and generally not specifically done with phenofibrate, um, but usually it's done anyway because patients are on a bunch of other meds too. So, uh, with that said, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like NAPLEX, ambulatory care, geriatrics, pharmacotherapy, BCM, TMS, go check out meded101.com slash store. We've helped thousands of pharmacists pass their board exam and uh, we think we can help you too. So uh, go check that out. Great way to support the sponsor. Uh, if you're a nurse, pharmacy technician, med student, NPPA, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got a bunch of different books and resources for anything from uh, pharmacology flashcards, uh, books on polypharmacy, drug interactions, food drug interactions, uh, lots of great resources that have been highly rated on Amazon. So uh, go check that out. Support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. All right, drug interactions. First and foremost, when I think of phenofibrate, I do think about the risk for myopathy and rhabdomyolysis. So certainly adding on statins can increase that risk. And I do see that combination used in practice periodically. So definitely pay attention to that. It does increase the risk for myopathy and elevations in uh, CPK and that progression to rhabdomyolysis. I will say phenofibrate is generally considered safer uh, than using gemfibrozole with statins. Uh, there are other medications as well, um, other cholesterol medications, uh, ezetimibe, for example. Uh, there's also medications like colchizine uh, that are associated with increasing myopathy risk as well. Um, so it's important to pay attention to uh, those other agents too, not just uh, statins in regards to, to drug interactions. Uh, and then I did mention in the kinetics section that phenofibrate is a weak CYP2C9 inhibitor. Uh, and there's probably two classic medications that I can think of uh, that interact with CYP2C9. So warfarin and phenytoin. So both of these drugs can have their concentrations increased with the use of phenofibrate. So I think it is definitely a relative, uh, relatively important interaction. Um, again, pretty weak effects on CYP2C9, uh, but given the narrow therapeutic index window of warfarin and phenytoin, it's probably going to be a good idea to check levels uh, if you initiate phenofibrate in a patient taking on, uh, excuse me, taking warfarin or phenytoin. Uh, and then last but not least, I wanted to mention uh, increase in, in LFTs. So certainly um, that is a potential adverse effect and patients who are at risk for elevations in LFTs already due to uh, medications or you know drugs like alcohol, for example, 
this can increase that risk further. So um, I think of drugs with, you know, warnings on hepatotoxicity. So some of the DMARDs um, in like rheumatoid arthritis, like methotrexate, for example, uh, that's a, a good example. Um, other medications with LFT warnings, uh, amiodarone, for example, uh, high dose uh, acetaminophen, um, you know, in rare cases may contribute. So pay attention uh, to those drugs with liver toxicity issues and their potential to maybe have an additive effect on top of phenylfibrate. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. Do me a huge favor. Leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, share us, friends, colleagues, email list serves, uh, any healthcare professional, student, healthcare professional in general. Uh, help them learn a little bit more about pharmacology uh, and share the Real Life Pharmacology podcast with them. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, We are well into the millions of downloads on this podcast, and I am definitely humbled by that. Uh, And I appreciate your feedback as well. If you've got any questions or concerns, you can reach out to me at mededucation101 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.